where it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Ba-da-da-ba-ba. Yes. <laughs> Put it on the board. Yes. Hat tip, Hawk, wherever you are. If you're a White Sox fan, you know. If you're not, you might not. Welcome in on this Monday, this glorious, beautiful, wonderful, gorgeous Monday. It does happen to be a reaction Monday, which means we need to react to things that went on this weekend. Well, you might edit that and say we need to react also to some things that didn't go on. Uh, this weekend, kind of like you didn't score points against the hapless Kentucky Wildcats from the SEC. You know, the big, bad, ferocious, unblockable Kentucky defense. Couldn't sc- score points against them on Saturday. We've got to talk about that. All of that and more on the table today on this Reaction Monday. Welcome into the show. It is Monday. It is a Reaction Monday, and so... You know how we do, kind of get in here on Mondays, and we'll take the, the show and kind of go, boom, there you go, right down in your lap. Now, you do with the show what you want to do, <laughs> and today will be my day to sort of tag along with you. Whatever you want to talk about is fine with me, so feel free to get it on in here. Hey, to y'all, if you're on the live stream, watching on uh, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, if you're on the live stream there, hi to you. Thanks for being a part of the show. You can be. You can just comment on the live stream, type it in, hit submit. It pops up right here on the screen in one nice little column called the Murray West Live Thread. You need your logo embroidered on anything? Go to murraywest.com. Big order, small ones, everything in between. That's where you go. I, I think that, yes, okay, congrats are probably in order because I just got a comment from someone. This is how it is. This is how it is with some of your friends. Y'all all got a friend like this. They only come around when they are they need a pat on the back. <laughs> Comes around when he needs a pat on the back. <clears throat> My man, Prince. He calls himself the Godfather. I don't know if anybody else calls him that, but he calls himself the Godfather. But my man Philip Prince, famous for shooting threes, telling others about Jesus. Uh, in the in at Ark Basketball Academy, and Chickenless Pot Pie, among other things. But man, Prince, he is in right now, and he commented. And you can see it right now on the live stream. I've put it on the screen. Prince Hoops on YouTube just commented and said, "Crown me," because y'all didn't know this about Philip, but he is a big Alabama fan. He may even, I didn't realize it until just the last couple of days, but Philip Prince, a big Alabama fan, he might even know the words to Yay Alabama. Sing along, everyone. Because I'm talking about I woke up and read this tweet from him. Well, I take that back. It was after I'd woken up, but I didn't see it. It was the first thing I saw after I woke up when I looked at my phone. He tweeted me and said, crown me, Radio Wyatt. No one beats Saban twice often. LSU can't stop Noxipater. 
the tide rolled and everybody who lives within 20 miles from Philadelphia should come to the Junction Deli. An LSU fan arrives every Monday at 8.35 a.m. and he's about to get a verbal beating. <laughs> Hit your stride. Dixie's football pride. The Crimson Tide. I didn't say it. They said it. It's the words of their fight song. And uh, Philip Prince, yes, who famously last week, I told you I was putting him on Front Street because he was opposite of everyone else. Like We had a lot of people that were coming in, even on Friday, that were coming in and going, man, LSU is going to beat Alabama. I even was waffling back and forth. I was kind of—I never made a real hard prediction. I was wishy-washy about, you know. I think it could be a close game. You know, LSU's got a good quarterback and all this. It was beat them last year. Phillip was the one guy who said, and and I quote, "LSU couldn't stop Noxipater." <laughs> and and look, Prince, let's look. You got to be honest now. You were feeling a little nervous at halftime. Tell, tell the truth. Because I know that they came out of the halftime locker room and just blew the doors off of Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, whenever that, or, yeah, a couple of weeks ago after a close first half. But you couldn't have been confident they were going to do it again to this LSU team. And it was all tied up at half, and Alabama outscores them 21 to 7 in the second half. Just rocked the boat. And four rushing touchdowns for the QB Milrow. So, yep, you're crowned. You, your comment has been up on the screen for a good five minutes, Prince. <laughs> and thanks for the content. <laughs> Need more of that from you. Thanks for the content. The tide rolls. Get on in here also on the Country Pleasing text line. By the way, uh, we have two $100 gift cards to Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage. Um, to give away today, we're going to give away one later here in the first hour. We're going to give away another later in the second hour, so tune in for all that. Uh, yeah, text me on the country, please, and text line. Number to text the show, it is 885-3776. Got it? That was a gulp of hot coffee from High Point Roasters. 885-3776. Or call me on the Divini phone. Nine nine five one zero five nine. Now, Nick, not the first text that I got today, but he's clapping back at our man uh, Prince, uh, Philip Prince, who wanted to pat on the back for being right about LSU couldn't stop Noxipater, gave up forty two to Alabama. Nick texts the show in the country, please, and text line, and he says, "Ask Prince about the Cowboys." <laughs> Phillip's a big Cowboys fan. More specifically, Nick said, ask Prince about the Cowboys' right tackle and why it's Dak's fault that he can't block. Hey, I don't even know if that's a good place to start, but since you bring it up, all right, let me, let me just go ahead and get in here with you on this. I watched every bit of that game yesterday. I was a little under, under the weather yesterday, and I'm still kind of fighting it off today some. But... I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching NFL football yesterday. I really did. Enjoyed watching the Saints. The Cowboys and Eagles game, it was a great game. Okay? And, and the Eagles are just a better team. People are going to say the best, the best team didn't win that game. I disagree. The Eagles are a better team. Okay? But I'm going to just tell you the truth. 
Dak played really, really well. Um, and at times he kind of just put him on his back, man, and, and and had him right there with a chance. And they were within an inch of a touchdown, about another foot or two of a two-point conversion and all that kind of stuff. But they mismanaged the clock at the end of the game again, just situationally. They didn't really handle it very sharp at the end of the game when it's this narrow margin where every second is going to count. But even more so, right before those sacks happen, okay, what were they doing on every single play down the stretch when they got the possession before the no touchdown and then when they got it back with less than a minute? What were they doing on every single play? What were the Cowboys doing on every single play, every single solitary one, even when they had timeouts before they didn't score down on the goal line? They were throwing it. It was a drop-back throw, and I know that Dak had a hot hand, but I'm telling you, I'm sitting there looking at my TV. Situationally, they've got three timeouts. There's all this time left on the clock. They're driving the ball. They're at or across midfield. They've been throw, 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 and and I said to the TV out loud, run the ball. Pop a run. Show them the run. You got timeouts. So what? You're, it's four-down stuff you need to touch down anyway. Stop just dropping back and thinking at some point they're not going to get to you. They have Brandon Graham. They have Fletcher Cox. And what happened? You just keep going, drop back, keep going. They're going to get you. That was dumb not to feed them at least one or two runs on that drive when they had the three timeouts before they got stopped down on the goal line. To And, and for the sole, not to see if you can run the ball, not to see if you can get yards running it, for the sole purpose of Force them to defend the run, okay, and respect it, which slows up a pass rush when they're already tired. Everybody knows that. It's elementary. I'm telling you, Dak and McCarthy, whoever's responsible for the play calling, they got caught up in the completions they were getting, and they didn't manage the situation, and they didn't manage the clock, okay? And that's why they didn't come back and win the game for the most part. Yes, it comes down to a throw or catch or making a play here or there. Okay, but you have to manage not just the clock, but you got to manage the situation as well. And when you're playing that Eagles team in their building, you can't go eight or nine dropbacks in a row without them hitting you. You might can go five or six in a row without them hitting you. And if you've gone five or six dropbacks in a row, and there's plenty of time on the clock, and you have three timeouts, and you're definitely in four-down situational game anyway, Count it a blessing and run it at them a couple of plays. Make them defend. Who cares if you don't make any yards? Maybe you do, but at least you tell their defensive ends, look, you got to respect the fact that we may run the ball here. I'm not dropping back and li- trying to live in this pocket 15, 16 plays in a row while you just tee off because the odds are in your favor that one or two of those you're going to win. We've won five or six in a row with our tackles. You're going to win one. You have to know that as a play caller. You could see the sacks coming before it happened. No question about it. So I very, very rarely come here on this show, or anywhere else for that matter, and complain about or pick on someone's quote-unquote play calling. I will never specifically come in here and go, well, that particular type of run at this at this defender, you know, inside zone or you're on the left or picking on a particular pass. I, I ain't doing that. 
because a lot of times it looks like they're running something that ain't even what they called. You know, some, all it takes is one person go the wrong way, and it looks like a totally different play. But what I what I am doing here is the run pass deal. It's I, look, I'm talking about before they got stopped on a goal line, got the ball back by burning three timeouts, and then had the ball with less than a minute and went the whole length of the field practically which was incredible because Dak did it anyway. Those situations, you got no choice. You got no timeouts. You can't run the ball. We get it. They know it. You got to hold up. I get it. But when you have all the timeouts, you have time on the clock, you are at midfield, you aren't against the chains, feed them at le- just one or two. In a 10 or 12 play drive, feed one or two runs at them strictly to show it and give it to a defensive front to help your offensive tackle out. Because just like we saw, you could see sacks coming before they got there going, look, they keep dropping back in a situation. They're going to tee off and get to him. Eventually what happened? Got to him. You could see they did not manage the situation. And then they really didn't manage the clock well a couple of times either. All that said, it was a great game. (laughs) All right. All right. I promise your text coming up. Nunya, Donald, Grumpy, Millwood, Rex. J-Rock, coming to all your texts in just a bit. Everybody over here on the uh, Murray West live thread from Sven, Bill, uh, Roshana, Rick, everybody coming to y'all's comments. I promise right now we're going to flip it over to the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Brando on line one. Thanks for calling. What's up? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Matt. Um, you know, I'm normally joking and jovial and and just trying to be the class clown my, my whole life. I've tried to do that and make people laugh. But and we appreciate that. Let's have a serious conversation today. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys letting me, letting me be myself. But uh, let, let's be serious today. And uh, one thing that I respect about you is you quarterback at State, and this is a State show. I mean, yeah. you even admitted that last week. Oh, week. yeah, that's said, right. Hey, yeah. what am I supposed to cover? I mean, this is, this is who I follow. This is, you know, this is who I – announced far at times or whatever. Um, and I'm going to start off by saying, you know, I'm an old Miss fan, huge old Miss fan. And when we had our guy uh, act like he was urinating on your field, I was disgusted. Did mm-hmm. not watch the next couple of games after that. Well, that was the Egg Bowl. So the next couple of games uh, next year, yeah, I was I was peed off the whole offseason. Mm-hmm. But – Obviously, Zach Arnett has lost complete control of his team. You guys need an administration slash coach that believes in the NIL and transfer portal. But I want to mention something, and I'm going to tell you right now, this disgusted me Saturday night. And I'm going to go here, and I want you to acknowledge my question. Okay, sure. And it may stir up some things, but acknowledge my question. And then go even to a bigger thing because USC started this bull crap. But when your guy grabbed the Kentucky guy eight yards from the punt and was dragging him yep. like they were in a gang fight towards the ball, that that right there, Matt, that told me a lot of things about that thing. And I'm going to tell you, that right there, it, there, that is not – USC started that, and my next – question is do you think there will be a rule next year about doing that 
because it, it, it is not fair. If the guy, if the ball touches the guy on accident or whatever, okay, whatever. You cannot. You're not supposed to drag a player all the way over there. Yeah. And then Mississippi, the Mississippi State guy, he was like, "Well, what did I do? What did I do? I'm just gonna get off the phone, just a little ticked off at that whole." Well, that and whole before you right hang, there. before you hang up, Brando, help me yeah. out here. But I think the situation also unfolded where the as he tried to pull the Kentucky player into the ball. They were pushing and shoving to get away from each other, and it looked like a punch was thrown. And they got a per- state got a personal foul called for that play. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. The state had the well, state's I player got a personal Kentucky foul. Guy, yeah, the Kentucky guy reacted right because they were like hands flying, jerking my jersey. Right, if somebody was pulling me towards a ball, which you should not be allowed to have that play, I think. State got caught on the sec- on the retaliation, and I'm glad they did yeah. because you're not supposed to be able to pull a guy like you are in a bar fight towards the football. That's yeah. the stupidest thing, and USC started this. Well, so it's not it's not a Mississippi State thing. And there is a okay, so I would compare it to. You know, there's a rule about pulling a player into the end zone for a score. Um, or at least there used to be. Now I need to. You can push. You can't right, pull. Right. You can you can push, but you can't pull. So that probably is going to be the new rule in terms of the distinction. Okay. So if you're, well, do you agree with me on Zach Arnett totally have have lost control of the team? Uh you know, it, it, when you say lost control, when you say totally lost control of the team, um, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I differentiate between that, you're trying to get the ball to bounce off of opposing player. Now, I agree with you. A, a rule shouldn't allow it to happen, okay? But I don't equate it to a celebratory penalty or – or that that sort of thing. Like, you know, you reference a kid that hikes his leg like he's peeing on the pylon. That, to me, is a little different than you're trying to actually get possession of the That's ball. Awful. That's but you're, awful. But you're doing yeah. it differently. Here's what I would say is <clears throat> you say, okay, lost control of the team. The, the deal is the deal is this. If you are a coach, if you're the head coach, you're responsible for the entire product. Okay, that's not only winning and losing, but it's kind of how you win and how you lose. And in that game the other night, for example, you have all these different penalties because there was chippiness from the opening kickoff, you know, throughout. The officials, act, the officials actually did a pretty good job of, I say pretty good, some people argued that they waited too long, but I thought they did a pretty good job of bringing teams together, talking to them, trying to calm all that stuff down. So here's what I would say. You know, I'm not ready to jump in there and tell you, okay, well, they totally don't respect Zach Arnett and he's completely lost control of the team completely. But what I would say is, especially if you're the underdog at home, even after it happens once as a coach, you must get control of it then. Because if you don't, what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is you're going to get a personal foul after you're getting a punt because you're trying to make a guy – touch the football, you get to shoving and pushing, you get called for retaliation. And and so I guess what I'm saying is 
it's one thing to say, okay, somebody's lost total control of a football team. You know, I didn't even say those kinds of things when teams got in fights. You know, we've had fights in egg bowls. We've had, you know, fights in other games, that sort of thing. It, but, but to me, there is a general sharpness or sloppiness with pretty much any team you look at. And teams that win have a general sharpness, and they don't do dumb stuff. Teams that I lose. I agree with. I agree with everything you're saying. Teams that lose have a general sloppiness that leads to things. I'll give you another example that's on the other side of this. That you know, here's a team that's winning. Okay, the team you root for, which is Ole Miss, and they're winning. Well, the other day, Texas A&M had a guy, and it was caught on camera that while getting off the ground, balled up his fist and punched an Ole Miss lineman right in the sweet spot, right in the nether. Right in the Netherlands. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> okay. So, and what did the offensive lineman for Ole Miss do? He put his hands in the air, drew attention to it, but he did not re- he did not react in any way. So that if this gets called, it ain't on me. See. Well, and what I meant, Matt, real quick, by losing control is I think that this season has, was written off earlier. And as far as losing control, there's two sides of that. I think that that Zach will not be back next year. Okay. Uh, and, and and I'd like your take on that. I love okay. your show. I, I appreciate it, Brando. Uh, you know, yeah, appreciate you. We did. You're right. We had some clear examples. There are things that teams generally that win, they do and don't do. And frankly, there's some things that teams that lose, they do. And it, it's a you see it. Just getting started with you, Reaction Monday. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game, you're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Yeah, you know, back to to Brando's point. I just don't I don't see a massive like lack of discipline and it and it parlaying into or man, I should say manifesting it, it, itself in you know, loads of personnel foul penalties and that sort of thing like whether it be discipline issues or just any of that. Um you know, culture, a culture problem can be any number of things. And so you have had teams in the past where you did have, you know, you could see you, you got like a culture issue. Well, well, what that definition of a culture issue would have been, yeah, not respecting um, a coaching staff. You kind of do whatever you want to do, uh, doing your own things. Um, not respecting a penalty hurting your team, you don't care if you get it because now is my time to celebrate. That's that's one sort of culture issue. Um, I would say, um, but you also there there are other types of culture issues, whether it be, um, like I said, that that lack of sharpness, like kind of a little bit of fall off and a lot of details that add up. That can be a culture issue too. But, you know, I don't guess I would use the same wording. I, I think State has other issues. I think what, you know, has gotten them to the point that they're at right now, offensively, defensively, as a program, win-loss record, all those things, 
I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, well, somebody has lost control of the program type of deal. I really don't. It, it's a, it's different than that. What do y'all think? Feel free to comment. On the Murray West live thread, go to murraywest.com. You need your logo or whatever it is embroidered on anything. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, and they do stuff statewide. And doesn't matter where you are, you got a big order, small order for your team, your brand, your company, your business. Make sure you go there first. Just shop there. Meet them. Uh, if you need a contact, let me know. I can get you in touch with them at Murray West. Look them at, up at murraywest.com, M-U-R-R-Y, west.com, and uh, let me know. Uh, Will comments on YouTube on the Murray West live thread. He says, I wouldn't say Arnett has lost control of the team per se. He says, not until we have our quarterback get punched in the face and a broken eye socket from his own linebacker in practice. See what I mean? You see what I'm saying, Will? Like, maybe we're jaded. We've seen it. You know, I've seen it at other schools. I've seen it at state where you have a real culture issue or, you know, a coach who has just no, you know, respect among players. I don't think you have that at state. You got some other stuff. Uh, Steven commented here on Facebook. He says, Kentucky is always chippy. Our coaches and players and everyone else associated with MSU has seen them be chippy over the years. That's right. Uh, I don't know where that word chippy came from, but I, I adopted it somewhere along the way. Picked it up from somebody else. Uh, says, the question is, why can't our coaches get it into our players' heads to expect that from them, to be more disciplined and not get baited into retaliating and getting penalized? Well, see, Stephen, you're bringing up an example of what I think are these ultra-fine little sharp details that that winning teams have, okay, that frankly losing teams a lot of times don't have. Uh and let me say this, too, okay? And I'll start us off right here. You, you know, State's offense the other night, it, it, it was just pitiful. Um, it, it's just pitiful. And I know that, you know, there's something. You could look at maybe total yards or um, – whatever that might put a little bit of a you know might kind of glaze over like what the what actually happened but watching the game and you know in person in real time you know and and that it really has ever since will rogers went out let's be honest the offense really has been sort of pitiful what was it to, uh, 12 quarters of football you scored just right at or barely 20 points in 12 quarters of football. To anyone who kept on and kept on and kept on with this nonsense, and I'm not just talking about even this year for a couple of months, but it went back even to last year. And this you had this group of people that just kept on and kept on that Will Rogers was some sort of issue with this offense, some sort of linchpin that was holding them back and all this kind of, It was dumb then. We told you it was dumb in a nice way. I kept telling you, that ain't the issue, y'all. You know, yeah, just trust me. We'd show it to you on film. If you're on the YouTube channel, you could see film studies and it'd be spelled out for you. 
without just coming right out and screaming at you, trying to beat it into you that you were had a dumb opinion from some bad perspective on this thing. That will's not the issue. And now here we are where I don't think it's ever at any point in Will Rogers' career been more clear. And really all I'm, I, you know what would satisfy me, and it's not like I have a personal thing with this, but it would probably help someone like me to just move on and get past it and not bring it up again, would be if I could find one person who was an adamant critic publicly of Will Rogers. All If you were one of those people, you kept tweeting about him and tweeting at him and texting me and commenting to me about Will Rogers, Will Rogers, Will Rogers. You'd come out of these games where everything else was terrible. Lyman going the wrong way, missing three and four blocks at a time, missing tackles, the worst com def completion defense in a country, but it's Will. Will's a problem. If you were one of those, to come to me and say, Matt, I was one of those, and I'll admit I was wrong. And to Will and everybody else, I'm sorry. And if you'll forgive me, I'd really appreciate it. And guess what? I'll forgive you, and I'll never bring it up again, and I'll appreciate it from you. But that's what I'm looking for. Okay, that's one thing I want to say today. <laughs> that that's one thing I'm looking for today. And to this point, I hadn't found it. And look, I get it. It's tough. Okay, I get it. It's tough to – I've actually been in that position before too <laughs> where you really believe something along the way and then all of a sudden, bam, one day it hits you right square in the face and you got no choice but to admit you're wrong. And it's embarrassing and it is uncomfortable. Okay, and for that reason, having been through that before, I'm not going to hammer down and embarrass you. I'm going to tip my cap to you, have respect for stepping forward. If you're going to step forward in criticism openly, step forward when it's time to admit you were wrong in that criticism, and I will, I'll shake your hand and have respect for you and never bring it up, throw it in your face again. But there are a bunch of people, and there may be some of you listening right now, that this applies to you. And if you couldn't see it after these last two or three games, that Will Rogers ain't your problem, then what else is it going to take? What else is it going to take? All right, that's the first thing. And here's the other thing. This is a reaction Monday, and y'all, look, to everybody on the Country Pleasing text line, Next Gen and David and Res Dog and everybody, I promise I'm coming to your text. Bucky, I'm coming to y'all's text next. I'm not ignoring it, and I'm not putting it off. I'm coming to it. Just give me two minutes, now a minute and a half. I'll be done with my rants for today, and then it's all you going forward. Um. I can't get loose and pulled away from enough to where I can forget the decisions that were made offensively about the direction of the offense when Coach Leach passed away, the decision of what to do with the offense with the players that you had. Here's what we're going to do with the offense. Here's the players we have. Here's the staff we currently have in the middle. All the decisions that were made, however it played out, that it led to completely and utterly piling up like a pile of leaves and lighting fire to anything you had done previously offensively and starting over 
with Will and with that offensive line that you had coming back and all that stuff. I'm not saying it was an offense that lit everybody up. They lost some games. They had some games they didn't play well. But still, I can't get away from knowing the entire time that if that was the decision and the direction you were going to go with these players and with this offense, then if you get to this point in the year and it looks like this, there's going to be major, major criticism. There are going to be really tough questions to answer. It's a risk. I get it. Nobody blames anybody for going with their gut if they're a coach, if they're put in a position and they got to make those decisions. But just understand, if it's this bad, does State have, offensively, does State have the most talented roster that they're running out there among all these other SEC teams and stuff? No, they don't. Do they have a roster of players that is this bad? No, they don't. It was hard to watch. It was awful. Kick a field goal against Kentucky. The only other team who did that this year was Akron. At least Akron went to Lexington and did it. This was at home on homecoming with Jackie Sherrill watching. (laughs) Y'all stick around. Back with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, David commented on Facebook on the Murray West Live thread, said, proud of our MSU QBs Saturday. Did you mean DBs? When I first saw that, I thought it said, proud of the MSU DBs on Saturday. And that was uh, where I thought it was going. But he said QBs. I was kind of surprised to see that. Defensive backs, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, defensively, what? Gave up only 17 points to Kentucky, and um, Kentucky quarterbacks had the lowest completion percentage of any team against Mississippi State this year. And so defensively, they actually played well enough to win the game. Sure, they just had no offense whatsoever. Kind of goes back to that whole complimentary football thing. Uh, Jimmy commented here on YouTube on the Murray West live thread, said that caller that said Zach Arnett has lost control, has issues. The issue is he had a lot of good football on TV and he chose to watch that god-awful Mississippi State-Kentucky game. (laughs) You hear that, Brando? Jimmy says the real issue was that you chose to watch State and Kentucky when you could have watched something else. We got jokes! That boy, Jimmy. Good to hear from you. All right, country pleasing text line. Joe Mailman says, How about the no call when Alabama took out LSU's quarterback? Maybe targeting or roughing the passer looked dirty, reminiscent of how they took out Texas's quarterback last year. Yeah, I, you know, 
I'm going to be 100%, Joe. I haven't watched any replays, caught a couple of glimpses on Twitter, have not broken it down frame by frame. So I can't really talk all that intelligently about it, just being 100% honest with you. It hadn't been one of those weekends with me where I could go back and watch a lot of stuff over again. And I wasn't able to see that game live. We were actually playing at the same time as they were. And uh, I was just really keeping up with the score. Uh, J-Rock texts and said, this is my reaction to the State-Kentucky game. I'm sure the 98 team was a little embarrassed by our team's performance. And he sent me this emoji of the guy giving the thumbs down deal. Man, it sure was great to have the reunion and see Coach Cheryl. And everybody has asked us and, and said, like, what do you think about the song they played while y'all were coming down the ramp out of the locker room? And I, none of us could hear the song. It was so loud. I mean, because the student section was full and, like, gridiron clubs full and all those people hanging over ringing cowbells. We couldn't hear a song if we wanted to. So I didn't have any idea what song they were playing. Somebody text the show, unnamed texter. No, I'm sorry. This is Ronnie from Florida. Okay, got you, Ronnie. I'll plug you in here so I'll know next time. Ronnie from Florida says, make MSU great again. <laughs> Interlocking 98 unis as permanent. And he says the future looks bright if you can keep uh, uh, Parson, Xavier Thomas, Creed Whittemore, and John Lewis. Lewis had a great play the other night. A lot of young guys there that you mentioned and – you know, for a better part of the year, Xavion Thomas, he was hurt early, and then it took him a while to kind of get him involved in the offense. Uh, Creed Whittemore was involved early, and we really hadn't heard from him since. Uh, Parson played in his first game the other night. And I tell you, I, I, he looked good to me. He did some good things. True freshman, first playing time. It's weird that he wears a glove on his throwing hand, but, you know, made some plays. Missed a couple, but he made some plays too. Looked like To me, he's certainly capable, good athlete. And, and John Lewis even is one who – you know, he's not been a major cog in, on your defensive side and stuff like a lot of people thought he would this year to this point. So still young. Uh, Millwood, Texas Show, says the only silver lining that happened Saturday in Starbucks was seeing the 98 team and Coach Cheryl walk out of the tunnel and then seeing Chris Parsons show some capabilities. Donald, Texas Show, and said uh, he listens whenever he's able to. He says he wanted to congratulate me in the 98 team for the recognition he heard about on the radio over the weekend. He uh, Donald was the pastor of Longview Baptist Church in Startwell during that time and was able to meet former coach Jackie Sherrill. He signed a poster for him, which he still has, and he said he used to go to the games where he lived there and watch me play as well. Hail State and go Bulldogs. Well, Donald, thanks for that message. Really do uh, appreciate the text. Earlier I was talking about the Cowboys, and Bucky from Vicksburg said Cowboys yawn. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. I'm moving on. <laughs> no more Cowboys talk. Uh, Rebel Rex texted the show and said, Texas A&M lost a player Saturday because of flagrant personal foul. And we talked about that. Um, yeah, we did. Uh, Beeve's former neighbor, Stephen, when, when Brando was here talking about scummy ta tactics, Beeve's former neighbor, Stephen, said, ask Matt about Ole Miss faking injuries every game as if they don't practice scummy tactics. Uh, <laughs> and I got one text here I can't read. Um, I got to go quick here. We got the phones lighting up. Res Dog Texas Show and says, Matt, I hate you had to witness that crap sandwich in the 25th anniversary of a great season. He said at least the uh, uniforms looked awesome. David and Brandon Texas Show and says, I don't usually complain much about officials. And if Ole Miss had actually lost, I wouldn't be saying a word. But I hate offensive holding calls in all of football. 
said these calls are so hit and miss. David, I mean, they are. They say you could call holding on every play, but a lot of it for sure. It, it, that's the thing to me is how inconsistent it is. You know, the egregious ones get those. Don't let those go. You know, and, and a lot of times they don't get them. Especially with certain teams. It's funny how that works, isn't it? And Next Gen Reb said that A&M was chippy all day against Ole Miss, and for the most part, he says he's very proud of how the Ole Miss players reacted. Well, and like I told you, I mean, you know, teams that run off wins and, and go chase something special, they do a lot of these little things that go unnoticed, and that's that can be some of those little things is you don't get pulled into the senseless extra, you know, curricular stuff. All right, over to the phone. Uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. On line one, it's Humphreys County Dog. What's up? Thanks for calling. Mr. White, how are you doing today, my friend? Great. Good to hear you. What's up? Uh, I'm calling. I got a couple of things to say, but I'll make it real fast. Mississippi State fans, we as a fan base, we ought to thank the good Lord Almighty every day that we have Jet Johnson and Bookie Watson on the defensive side oh, of the ball. Because it could be absolute. We're talking about disaster now. It could be a real disaster if those two weren't wearing the maroon and white for us every game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and, uh, 100% agree. And I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, two people. I, I sat right behind the state uh, bench the whole game. Actually, the whole game, I sat and watched that offensive juggernaut we put on. But uh, <laughs> Will Rogers and and uh, Woody Mark, two guys that are not going to be on the field that night, are the only two people that I witnessed try to lift their teammates up no matter the situation or what happened. And it, it's the body language from some of our position groups. I'm not going to say which is which. It was, it was just pretty atrocious. And it was kind of sad to see. Just It was just almost like a, a dysfunction yeah. that you just knew something was off. But I want to give a shout-out to Woody Mark and Rogers because that's what true leaders do. They can't be on the field, but they still support the team. Good stuff. Hey, thanks for the call. And and uh, call me anytime. Flip it over to line two where Trey is hanging on patiently. What's up, Trey? Hey, Matt. Um <clears throat> I was actually, as a kid, I went to a lot of the games when you were playing, um, late 90s, things like that, so it was good that they recognized y'all's team. Um, I, I think that maybe we don't talk about it enough, but people got to remember, the head football coach passed away right before the bowl game last year, mm-hmm. you know, and this would have been Mike's fourth year, correct? That's right, yep. And he had done an incredible job recruiting because I think uh, we have just about as many seniors as anyone, I guess, on, on both sides of the football, right? Um, so I know the situation is – I don't know if that's ever happened before, ever in, in, in sports that I've known of. Um, and, you know, the you know looking back, you would think, well, we just need to go in and, and get an offensive-minded coach who's similar to Mike Leach to come in and just – and let this group of seniors finish out their last year on a, on a positive note. That didn't happen, of course. So there has to be a realistic reset for the AD and the athletic department to say, well, this really isn't what our plans were. Are they going to revisit things after the season? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. No, and that's a level-headed way to look at it, Trey. And I mean, you're right. I, you, you know, you make decisions 
and then when they affect a lot of people, you just make the best decision you can sometimes based on what you know or what you feel and what you think. And there's always going to be some risk involved one way or the other. It just, it just seemed like there was an obvious sort of nature to the situation State found itself in when Coach Leach passed away, the situation you were in offensively, there was a very obvious nature to it, which then you you had pretty, I think, two obvious paths you were then going to be forced to go down. And that is either a now approach or a future approach. If you were going to try to have a good offense and score a lot of points, this year, a now approach in 2023, you're going to build it around what you know you had in 2023, which is Will Rogers, an air raid quarterback, five senior offensive linemen who played in the air raid for three years in wide splits, and that was their deal. If you want to score points this year. Now, if the decision was made of we're going to blow it up and basically start a rebuild, but it's going to take two or three years, then that's another obvious path, but then you have certain hard decisions that are going to go along with that. And to me, I think what you do is you look up and you look at this product offensively for State and you go, it doesn't look like anybody chose a very clear path. Hour two coming up.